0: Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. I have to confess that I didn't write that myself. I borrowed it from Paul writing to the church in Philippi. It's a letter in the Bible that always makes me think of my friends at Bell Road, because I preached on a passage from Philippians just before I left, to become a minister in North Kent. And on the same day, you gave me this beautiful heart with some words from Philippians on it. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything. And this hangs on the wall of my study here in East Morling in North Kent. I know that some of you will have joined the church since I left almost three years ago and I thank you for inviting me into your homes via this online service. For those of you who sent me on my way three years ago it's good to be sharing with you in worship again and Luke and I want to thank you once again for your love and support and prayers. Things are going well here in North Kent I've been a minister for almost three years, but it hasn't been quite the start that I was expecting. There's been the small matter of a pandemic thrown into the mix and the birth of our daughter, Rachel, who is now 16 months old and on the way to being a minister herself, she likes to take a piece of bread and hold it above her head and then break it in two. For me, candidating for ministry while I was worshiping at Bell Road seems like a long time ago now but reading today's lectionary took me right back there because today's gospel passage is one that lies at the very heart of my sense of call to be an ordained minister. If you have your Bible handy, it's John chapter 21, verses one to 19. In this passage, we read about one of the occasions where Jesus appeared to his friends after he was raised from the dead. We're told that there were lots of these post-resurrection encounters but we only get the details of a small number which presumably means that the gospel writers felt that these ones had something important to tell us. In the story that we heard today some of the disciples had gone out fishing. Some people think that that was probably a very normal thing for them to do but other people think that it's a sign that perhaps they were not quite sure what to do with themselves. And so they went back to something that was familiar and safe and secure. After all they'd been fishermen and then they'd been disciples and then they'd been outlaws in hiding after Jesus was arrested and killed and now Jesus had risen from the dead so it's no wonder that they weren't quite sure who they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to be doing. But despite the fact that some of them were experienced fishermen They fished all night and caught nothing. It must have been so frustrating for them. That is, until a stranger on the shore at daybreak shouted over to them to cast the net over to the other side of the boat. And the disciples, tired and hungry and fed up, for some reason did what the stranger said, even though John tells us that they hadn't yet recognised that it was Jesus. Perhaps they were so desperate that they'd try anything. Perhaps they thought that doing what he said was the best way to get him to shut up and leave them alone. Either way, the nets were immediately filled with fish, so many that the disciples couldn't haul them in. And it was then that they recognized Jesus. And perhaps that's because it felt like a familiar experience. Luke tells us about a miraculous catch of fish right at the start of Jesus's ministry. Again, Peter and the other disciples had been out all night and caught nothing. And again, they did as Jesus told them, and the nets were filled with so many fish that they began to break, and they had to call over other boats to come and help them. And Jesus said to Peter, now you'll be fishing for people. So perhaps that's the same incident told in two different ways, Luke and by John at different points in their Gospels. Or perhaps at the beginning and the end of his ministry here on earth, Jesus twice helped the disciples to catch a miraculous number of fish, so many that the nets couldn't hold them. If that's the case, there's a nice symmetry to it. The first time he called Peter to come and follow him. The second time he called on Peter to feed his sheep to carry on Jesus' ministry, even after he ascended into heaven. So in our passage from John, when the disciples finally made it to the shore, exhausted and exhilarated with more fish than they could possibly hold, they found Jesus there with a charcoal fire on which he would prepared bread and fish for their breakfast. Now this is the part of the story that really speaks to me. There's no Better feeling than after a long and stressful day when someone who loves you makes you a meal or a cup of tea. If Rachel's had a really rough night and I haven't had much sleep, if Luke brings me a cup of tea and a chocolate hobnob then I still feel like I can face the day. And it's incredible to me that God does that in the person of Jesus for his disciples. When they've had a tough night He's there cooking them bread and fish over a fire. And he says to them, come and have breakfast. That is an incredible invitation. Jesus invites us to come and sit with him and eat the meal that he has lovingly prepared for us. Now that I'm a minister, one of the real privileges of my role is being able to lead services of Holy Communion. It's still very new to me. I was only ordained last summer while I was still on maternity leave. And of course, at the moment, we're still doing communion in COVID-secure ways with masks and sanitizer and so on. Sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the intimacy of that invitation, that Jesus invites us as his friends to come and sit on the sand with him at sunrise and share a meal that he has lovingly prepared for us. I love bringing communion to people in their homes when they're not able to come to church, partly because it feels so intimate, and perhaps a bit more like the meals that Jesus would have shared with his friends in homes, at the beach, at the side of the road. And I love that part of my role is to extend that invitation, to gather people around the table to break bread and receive the blessing of a meal that Jesus has prepared for his followers. I've always loved gathering people together for food. As many of you know, I love baking. I almost recorded this sermon while baking bread until I remembered that John had beaten me to it. Some of you know that when I was thinking about what God was calling me to do and to be, I kept coming back to a quotation from a book by Francis Dewar. We ask to know the will of God without realizing that his will is written into our very beings. I love the passage that we heard today, hearing Jesus invite his friends to come and have breakfast. I love baking and gathering people together so that we can share the results. To me, those things that are written into my very being became a sign that God was calling me to invite other people to the table of the Lord's Supper, to share in Holy Communion. In the meal that Jesus prepared for each one of us. A meal where the disciples found comfort and nourishment after a hard and frustrating night out on the lake. A meal where Peter who just a few days earlier had denied even knowing Jesus found forgiveness and healing and a fresh start. A meal where the disciples met their risen Lord And now we are invited to join Jesus at the table, to find comfort and nourishment when life is hard, to receive the assurance that we have been forgiven, and to meet once again with our risen Lord. Next Sunday, the 8th of May, is Vocation Sunday in the Methodist Church. I wonder what God might be calling you to do and to be. Perhaps something within the church, or perhaps even more importantly, something much broader in your work, in your home, in your community. I wonder which passages of the Bible really speak to you. Like Jesus's invitation to come and have breakfast speaks to me. I wonder what that might be telling you about what God has written into your very being. And I wonder what that is telling you about God's will for your life. So may God give us the wisdom to know his will and the courage to say yes, amen.